Welcome to the Go All In podcast. I'm your host, Rob Bruss, and today on the show, we have Karen Briscoe. Karen is the creator of the five-minute success concept. She speaks regularly on a national and a local level on the best of the five-minute success concepts. Karen is also the host of the weekly five-minute success podcast, which has an amazing array of guests who achieve success at a high level in business and in life. Let's get started. G'day everyone, I trust you well and things are safe in your part of the world. I had an interesting conversation with a new business partner yesterday and he said to me, Rob, I love your thinking, but it's just so 2019. And I've got to say that hit me squarely in the face. And after a discussion around how things are changing and how they're not going back to what they were, meaning the endless boom of 2019 and before that, I really saw his point of view. And I wanted to kick off today's show by asking you if you've shifted your mindset into 2021 yet. I know that I definitely hadn't done that. And I think it's become really important to me just in the last day or so, because we're getting going with a brand new startup. And it really forced me to recognize my priorities and to look closely at at how I'm about to kick off with this new business, because the intention is to employ a whole bunch of people. So I'm going to think about that differently. And I think that that's a timely question to ask, especially with today's guest, Karen Briscoe. She's an expert in transforming your business and your life. And I know that when you couple some of her uh, skills and, and her tools and her concepts with a new way of thinking, a new 2021 way of thinking, you'll be onto a winning formula. And I'd encourage you to think about what next year looks like for you. We're still a little while away. We're still six months away from the end of the year. But What does 2021 look like for you in terms of thinking in and around your business, in and around how how you're bringing income in, and what does that look like uh, from your mindset perspective? Now, if this is your first time here at the Go All In Show, welcome. It's great to have you here. And if you're back for more, welcome back. We love our repeat offenders here at the Go All In Podcast. Before we get going with the show today, just take a little peek at your phone and hit the subscribe button on the app that you're listening in on. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll on down and hit the subscribe button there as well. And don't forget to ring the bell. That way you'll always have some motivation and some Go All In love right there in your pocket. Lastly, if you like what you hear today, please share this episode with your friends and your family. Karen has an important message to share and a pretty cool story to match as well. And if we can help just one person to break through their barriers and to get unstuck, then Karen and I would have done our job here on the show today. Alrighty, let's get into this. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Karen is the creator of the five-minute success concept. As you know, time is a non-renewable resource and Karen is an expert at showing you how to be less busy, more productive, and more in love with your life. It might seem counterintuitive, but limiting and restricting how much time you spend on things can actually make you more productive. I think that's a really interesting concept, right? As you'll hear, Karen has some amazing insights into productivity, time management, and life in general. She's a published author, a speaker, a TEDx speaker, no less, a podcaster, and much, much more. I'm excited she's here, so please help me in welcoming Karen Briscoe. Karen Briscoe, welcome to the Go All In podcast. It's great to have you here. Hey, Robert, hey, who doesn't love to go all in? So I'm all in on this conversation. All right. I'm excited. I'm excited to, uh, to talk about that. You've got some, uh, some incredible content. I've had a good look before this interview. And I've got to say that when I do the research for a guest before I do that, I usually spend about 
40 minutes to do that, but I got drawn all the way into your content. And it was a couple of hours later. I'm like, man, come on, you got to get organized. You're going to talk to the woman shortly. So I'm really looking forward to getting into this and learning some more about what you do. But before we do that, why don't you just share a little bit about yourself uh, with the audience? Tell us where you're from and where did it all start for you? So I'm in the Washington, D.C., Northern Virginia metro region. So if you know where the Pentagon is or Langley or Amazon HQ2, uh, that's my home now for about a quarter of a century. I actually grew up in the Midwest and then met my husband in Texas. And it was his career in public policy that took us to D.C. I started in commercial real estate out of college and I was in the type of real estate where we did what they call land development, where you buy land, put in streets, utilities, and sell lots to home builders. And my husband's, when I met my husband, had children, and his career moved us to D.C., I was pretty much a, the primary caregiver for about a dozen years. When I wanted to re-enter the workforce, I wanted to go back into the commercial space. And I had an opportunity to work for the tech firm, Nextel, uh, doing the real estate side. So I uh, worked on the sales engineering warehouse offices, uh, managing them. If you've ever been in one sales and engineering and warehouse office, you've been in them all. <laughs> it was pretty boring, actually, to be quite honest. All the interesting work was being done by the lawyers doing the negotiating. And so... It was during the tech bust, uh, if you'll remember that, in the early, right after the millennial, turn of the millennial. And so there was, there was no money in disposition mode. They wanted me to move over to the sales side. I'm like, why, why would I do that? And I had an opportunity to go into residential real estate. And it's interesting because people often think the commercial or the people who, who do the hard side skills, of negotiation, strategy, market knowledge, that type of thing. And the people in the residential side are all about the soft skills, relationships, people. And it turns out I actually am very good on both sides. I have both sets of skills, the hard and the soft. Met with success very quickly. And, you know, when that happens, people pay attention, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the top agents in the nation, number 10 at the time, I was in our community and she asked me to join her team and then I became her partner. And sadly, she passed away in 08, which happened to be the same month the financial market crashed. (laughs) So I've seen a lot of real estate cycles. I've actually, with this current situation, which I understand we officially hit recession definition. Yeah, this is my fifth recession. Yeah. So the one thing I do is I have really good muscle memory <laughs> and am resourceful. And so I set about to rebuild the company, brought in my business partner, current business partner, Lizzie Conroy, has been with me for 11 years. And we have, like I said, rebuilt the company and, and actually gone beyond, which is exciting when people do that. People want to know how you do that, right? <laughs> yeah. Because particularly when you're coming out of the situation of business partner dying and a market crashing, that was pretty phenomenal success. So that led to me doing a lot of speaking and coaching and training and having a voice in a blog. So I wrote a blog and many people told me that I should write a book. And I had some limiting beliefs around that. We could talk about that, about what was stopping me it was really me when I finally in the coaching program had that epiphany. 
wrote the, my first book, Real Estate Success in Five Minutes a Day. And that led to podcasting. Mm-hmm. Now I have the Five Minute Success podcast and then the other books. And uh, that is what I call my creative endeavors, the books and the podcast. I'm still an active mega real estate agent. Uh, we've, in 2020 to date, uh, the end of July, already sold $67 million. So it's been a very a robust year. Mm. And so that's my primary career. Yeah, very nice, very nice. It's really interesting how you say you've been through five recessions and the cycles and how they continually go. You know, I think it's the same uh, in, in many careers. I talk to a lot of IT people in this and I talk to a lot of business coaches as well who say similar things. And it's just like, you, you, I think you forget um, how long your career goes on for. Your career goes for a, a long period of time because you're just concentrating on what's in front of you and you're concentrating on the process, not the outcome so much. And you're busy doing the, beavering away, doing the, doing the work that needs to be done. So it's really interesting. I'm going to put a pin in a lot of those points because many of those things I've written down here to talk about. Uh, ah. so, so you've kind of opened the door for me, which is really nice. Before we get into that, People come on over, Karen, to the Go All In podcast to learn more about others that have gone all in. So if you could, could you please share with us your biggest Go All In story or stories and the lessons that you've learned from your commitment to success? So I'm, I mentioned the, what was holding me back for, from writing my book. And that was my biggest Go All In because amongst I had, all of that, writing the book. All that, no yes. Way. Well, I had this limiting belief right. that I didn't have the time or money to take to do creative work because I was running a business and I'm married and I have two kids and I just did not feel like there was the time to do that, which is really ironic given that now I've become kind of a time expert. We can talk about that. But um, so I, I had this first epiphany and that was at this retreat where I was in this coaching group and we were to each share what was stopping us from doing what we said we wanted to do. And that was when I literally light bulb moment and even the people there all saw it go off. I mean, it was like, oh my gosh, the only one stopping me is me. And the best news about that is I found that to be empowering. Because before I was looking outside of me for situations to change, people to change for me to do what I said I wanted to do. And when I realized that I could decide myself and go all in, that I, man, I could figure it out. I felt empowered to do something about it. And that was the first epiphany. So the second epiphany uh, happened when I was very, it was scheduled to go visit some friends Um in Dallas, and I was on the airplane, I was reading the book, uh, The Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. So she wrote Eat, Pray, Love. That's probably what she's more famous for. But The Big Magic, one of the concepts in it just, again, hit me like a light bulb. And the idea is, in the universe, there are ideas that come to people. If it comes to you, and the idea's time has come, and you elect not to accept that, then it will go to someone else. And I, I know you've had this happen where you've had an idea and then seen it come to market by someone else, right? Yeah, and I had the that? idea for Facebook ages ago. See? So <laughs> what does that feel like? That feels like regret, right? It does, yeah. So I was like, okay, I can live a life of regrets. Mm. 
or I can live a life of going all in and doing what I say I want to do. So then I felt urgency and that's important. Urgency is important because of what I was doing before was always saying, I'll do that when blah, blah, blah happens, you know, and I'd already had the kids out of college and all of that. So I was like, okay, I don't really have a milestone coming up. So I need to create my own. So the third epiphany was how, how to create the time, make the time, we can talk more about time, but how to do that? Because I needed a time hack. <laughs> I need a habit because I already was, I had busy in spades. I was already living a completely full life. So to put writing in it had to, uh, something had to change. And so this time hack came from a book. It was actually two books by Gretchen Rubin. So the first one she wrote was Happiness Project, mm -hmm. where she studied what people said would make them happy. And then she's like, well, if you know what will make you happy, then why don't you do it? Kind of like me. What, why are you stopping yourself? Mm -hmm. And so then she decided, well, what people need are habits. They need hacks. They need ways to break down the barriers that's keeping them from doing what they say they want to do. And this one-time hack, as I read the whole book, I got one-time hack. The amazing thing is, is that it's really something you could do at any time, but the, the actual time hack was set up around daylight savings time. So in... You all do daylight yep. savings time? Yep. Okay, so in the areas that do, in the fall, you fall back and you gain an hour. Mm -hmm. Well, the interesting thing is, is your body clock is not adjusting, right? It doesn't know, yeah. It doesn't know. And so you can actually time hack yourself at any time because it really time is a creative thing and you can make that adjustment anytime. But I use the, the false um, uh, daylight savings time. Because every time you get on an airplane you, and you go, you know, time zones, you're time hacking your body, right? Yeah. So I used that and I made the commitment to get up an hour earlier in the morning. And my husband will uh, testify that I'm not a morning person and that that meant I really did want to do it because for me to decide, so to go all in, yeah. to decide I had to change the way I did things in order for things to change. I made that commitment and I, you know, time in seat, which is a very common <laughs> uh, strategy and of success for writing a book and uh, time in seat led to the book coming out nine months later. A lot of things happened along the way, but that was what started the domino, if you will. I knocked over that first domino, the rest of them happened. It also kind of became a snowball because as the thing built, it created its own momentum um, so it, it really was those commitments because yep. it really was three, um, but in combination is what made that happen. And that has changed everything for me. It, it's such a, uh, uh, such a beautiful explanation you have there. And, and the irony of that explanation, you, you just said what, when, and how, and the questions that I've written here are what, when, and how. Uh, so maybe it's because the go all in show is the same thing over and over, right? I ask the same sort of questions, but that's never happened before. So that's really cool. I wanted to ask you about the process of, of writing because you, you had your own, you had your own business in real estate. You're busy with life and whatnot was, was writing a creative outlet for you that you didn't have elsewhere. Because I know that in my business, what I do on a day to day basis, it's not very creative. When things work, you do the same thing over and over and over again. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like, 
it makes money and it's good and I'm doing well in life and stuff, but it's the most boring thing in the world because you got it to a point where you don't have to be creative anymore and you've, you've got it working. So, you know, I know when I discovered podcasting and I discovered this creative outlet, I'm like, man, I wish I discovered this 10 years ago. And I would be 10 years further down the track than where I am today, of course. And, you know, you can always say that in hindsight. But did you have a creative outlet when you were working in real estate before you committed to writing the book? You see, that is what I've discovered, just like you, is that I was really successful. And that is really interesting because that's what led to another part of this whole story of Flip Time, Love Life. The idea is, well... Many people make change when they're having something, you know, a setback or failure or something, you know, an event happens, health or job or whatever. I was actually experiencing great success and I still felt like there was something more that I was called to do. Mm. And just like you, I felt like there was something creative that I was to contribute, this call to creation, creativity, this call to contribution, this heroine's journey or hero's journey, which we could talk more about, but it's, it's Maslow's heart give need. So mm. you remember that, the, from your psychology you courses, all that stuff, yeah. yeah, the basics are your physical needs. If you think about it during COVID, everybody pretty much went back to their basic needs, right? I mean, <laughs> toilet paper, and, you know, they really went straight to it. And then Safety, security, we're still heavily, a lot of people are still in that safety, security level. Then you have, you know, your esteem, relationship, and then self-actualization. Well, we talked about regret and what the five regrets of the dying. And one of the main regrets of the dying is not doing (laughs) what you are created to do or your contribution. And that was starting to be my regret. I didn't feel like I was self-actualized. I was very productive. I was very good at what I did. (laughs) But that piece was missing. And what I I found, I was experiencing burnout, which often happens with a lot of great success. Sometimes people self-sabotage their careers or lives. They, you know, Mm -hmm. get race cars, have affairs, you know, don't put all in (laughs) in their business. I chose to go the other way, right? And go for the self-actualization. I realize that now at the time I didn't know that's what I was doing, but now I see that that's what I was doing. And the more I embrace the creativity in me and the contribution in me, then the more I re-energize the other aspects of me. And that's something I share with people because I think the idea of working up the pyramid is actually, we should flip it. Flip it around. Yeah. Yeah. When you start with yourself, everything else just flows beautifully from there, right? It gets better, right? I mean, your your relationship with yourself because you're an authentic place, your relationship with other people because you're like you, so you'll like them better. Mm. Um, Your productivity, your esteem, your, um, that, my business doubled when Mm. I started working on the podcast and the books. And then of course that leads to your physical needs and your safety needs, right? So that's where flip time love life came in. So I found that it really was a positive and not just for me, but the people around me, mm. because I, I find that some people look at when they start to think about self-actualizing that they, they would be taking away from other people and being selfish and self-serving. And I discovered that it's actually, 
in many ways better for the people around me. Yeah. Because the more better I feel about myself, then the more I have to give, right? I think it's beyond the, I know some people talk about self-care as like the, the airplane example of putting your oxygen mask on first. Well, to me, that's a survival perspective. That's, and if you're in an airplane and you experience, you know, a change of cabin pressure, please put your mask on. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that perspective is I'm surviving and then I'll help you. I'm talking about I'm thriving and then I, in my overflow, then I, I'm, you know, creating an environment that is abundant. There's a bunch of uh, really great uh, YouTube's videos out there about that very topic. Um, there's one uh, by a fellow named Admiral William McRaven, um, and he's like a 30-year Navy SEAL veteran. I read his book recently. It's called Sea Stories. Really good. And he doesn't like he doesn't allude to the YouTube talk that he that he gives. I think it was he he was the boss of the University of Texas or something like that, and it was a graduating class. And he talks about you know his career as a SEAL. And he, that's where it started and that's kind of where it ended for him as well. So he came full circle. It was a really nice thing that he did. But, he, but his famous YouTube speech, if you like, is about making your bed first. Oh, yes. <laughs> and there's a lot of Jordan Peterson stuff out there as well, you know, where JP's out there saying, you know, you've you got to get your, you know, fix your own, tidy up your room first before you try and fix the problems of the world like that. And the Jordan Peterson one is maybe not something that connects as well with as many people, but I know the William McRaven one connects really well because it all starts with you getting everything in order yourself. And I had a good mate of mine and she says to me all the time, uh, you know, you have those friends that you confide in. And I, I suppose I confide in her a little bit and, you know, just share things that I don't otherwise share with other people. And she asked me those questions and she's a really good friend. And she always says to me, Rob, just, just do more of you, mate just do you. And that really, I never really had anybody say that to me in my life. And I really like that. And it's like, yeah, because if I could just do me and just do what I like and concentrate on what I've got going on, then all of that self-actualization that you're talking about just happens. It's just a byproduct. And it's not about doing it in spite of everybody else or annoying anybody else in the process. You know, you'd be respectful. You'd be nice about what you do. And I think what I discovered for myself personally, I don't know, tell me what you think here because you're, you're a busy woman, you've got a, a business and a life and all sorts of stuff happening like we all do. But what it really said to me was, Rob, what you need to do, mate, is say no more. Well, you know, that is a fascinating, uh, I appreciate you sharing that and I love the you do you um, because I think if we all did ourselves and we did it at our, our best selves, then, you know, the world will be... Um, benefit from that. So the, um, the no. Okay. So there were things that I stopped doing to make the space, make the time, create the time. And that's where the whole idea or a lot of the concepts around the time came about. Because when I had the idea for writing the book, I was like, well, I'm, there's plenty of real estate books out there. So what is going to be unique about mine? And people that I'd been coaching and training and speaking with frequently would say that they didn't have enough time to invest in their business and personal. Why is that a badge of honor that people, how are you, man? Oh, I'm so busy, man. Oh my God. <laughs> it really is. It's become a competitive reader, Rob. I mean, yeah. it's like how my busy trumps your busy. I mean, yeah. every time. Mm. So there, there's a quote by Lazu, which is 2000 years old. 
Time is a created thing. To say I don't have time is like saying I don't want to. Mm. So when people are saying they're too busy to do what they want to do, they say they want to do, then they really, there's something underlying there. And, And so then to break that down, break that barrier down, I said to people, well, do you have five minutes a day? Of course I do. Everybody's got five minutes a day, right? So that limiting belief that I don't have time to invest in myself was broken down, the barrier. And what I found in writing the book that it truly is very um, impactful in a lot of ways. So limiting or restricting time, that's Parkinson's law. So it's like saying no, right? It's saying no to the things that you're not going to do in order to focus on the things you are going to do. Mm-hmm. And you've experienced Parkinson's law because it, it frequently happens the day before you get ready to go on vacation. <laughs> How effective and efficient are you? <laughs> because you've limited or restricted your time. Yeah. It's actually um, found that people, um, and, and this is a time hack you can do for yourself, right? So the other benefit to limiting the amount that the book is designed to be read as a daily reader. So limiting how much you read every day. A lot of people, when they get a business book or, a, you know, a, some sort of personal development book, they become overwhelmed with the tsunami likeness of where do I stop and how much time should I devote to it? And they also many times will experience information overload, which just becomes, because it, it doesn't um, really get implemented in their business and life, then it, it just the becomes, yeah. right. Well, it actually, it, it, it doesn't even make it to that level, <laughs> usually because it goes in one and out the other, right? And so the limiting or restricting with what I call sticky stories or sticky um, points in a, a takeaway makes it more likely you'll remember it. So when you're in a situation where that concept would be um, beneficial, then you'll remember it and you can apply it because that's really truly what makes for uh, change in business and personal development, right? Is the application and the implementation. So the, the idea that came out of like what you're saying, well, what came out of saying no I said no to writing a traditional book. I said no to writing a long, um, you know, entries, if you will, Mm. to limiting it so that then it would have have more impact. Yeah, it's uh, it's really important. In in the last, for me personally, it's really interesting how we're in a very parallel universe on other sides of the planet. Uh, and what you're talking about, because you found yourself in that coaching space and trying to help people and, you know, you, you're building your business and you're helping other people build theirs as well. The, one of the byproducts of the Goal In podcast has been hundreds and hundreds of people saying to me, hey, I'm right on the edge of going all in on something. What should I do? And I'm like, Goal In, dude. Like, you're talking to the Goal In guy. Come on, man. You know, what do you want me to say sort of thing? But, you know, if you read between the lines of what people are saying, and I get a lot of feedback from this show, like a lot of feedback. And... Three between the lines of what they're saying is they're asking me how I should do it. How, how should I execute on this? And what it led me to do was to create a masterclass. And a little bit like you, I kind of avoided writing a book. And instead of writing a book, because I felt like that was something that was going to be stuck, 
I figured if I could do it on videos, I could go back and change it later on if I decided to change my mind about something. And I know you can change a book and things like that as well, but uh, I just wanted a bit more flexibility. And I think I prefer being on camera than sitting in front of a computer typing. So it was a really interesting experience to do that. And I came up with uh, seven pillars of success. And one of the uh, pillar number three is process over outcome, where people, uh, a lot of people focus their attention on the outcome. So 95% of people set a goal for themselves or say they want to achieve a particular task and they spend 95% of their time focusing on the task. And people with an elite mindset and a goal-in mindset spend 95% of their time focusing on the process of what they need to do to achieve their outcome. And pillar number four that goes hand in hand with that is time management. And now what I do is when people say to me, hey, Rob, I'm, I'm on the edge of going all in and doing something like this, I say to them, well, that's really cool. Show me your calendar. What do you mean, show me your calendar? Show me your calendar. What do you mean? Show me your calendar. Take a screenshot of your calendar on your phone or on your computer and send it to me. Show it to me. And they send it to me and there's these big giant blocks of nothing on the calendar. Before 7 a.m. in the morning and after 8 o'clock at night, there's nothing. And, and, and I always say to them, people who have superior time management skills find the time to do what it is that they need to do or they want to do. Because when you're in control of your time, you're in control of your life. And if you're not in control of your time and I've got no time to do it, time's in control of you. And I always say to people, if you can break out your life into 60 minute, 30 minute, or even 15 minute blocks, watch your productivity skyrocket and watch it go to the next level. It's difficult to main, mo maintain momentum with something like that, but you can maintain momentum of 15 minute blocks in your workout that goes for 90 minutes. If you're training for a triathlon or something like that, there's a bunch of things that you can do. And I really loved, uh, I really enjoyed the process. I love the process of creating um, those pillars and, and helping people to understand it's the process over the outcome and time management is the intricate integral part of your success there because you don't realize how much time you spend doing nothing and how much wasted time that you've got. And I created, and I'll, I'll link this in the show notes for the listeners and the viewers today. I created what I call a 168. So everyone has 168 hours in their week. And the 168 is a calculator. So this calculator will show you how you spend your time. And so how much time do you spend eating every day? How much time do you spend commuting? Well, now in COVID, nothing. <laughs> you spend, you know, uh, with your friends, with your family, playing video games, watching TV, watching Netflix. What is it? Then at the end of it, you'll be like, including sleeping, I've still got 25 hours left over, but I've actually got no time. What are you talking about? Well, if I cut out Netflix, I cut out those video games, then I trained half an hour less every day. That would actually be 30 hours a week that I could spend building whatever it is that I want to build, write a book, build a business, spend more time with my partner, whatever it might be. It's really interesting dynamic and it's all about habits. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Well, there's a great quote that reminds me of what you were just sharing, and that's energy, not time, is mm. the fundamental currency of high performance. Yep. So what people are learning, what you're teaching and sharing with them and coaching them on is their energy. Uh, time is a, is a human construct. Mm. And it, it really is, when you think about it, Einstein's the one that said it was relative. And it is relative because you talked about different uses of time that we were give, all given the same amount. But it's not the same because if you were to be, Einstein uses this uh, quote, if you spend one minute on a hot stove 
or I say in a boring Zoom meeting or in traffic, which very few people do nowadays, but anything you don't want to do, time stands still, right? It's not, it's like laborious, like you don't want to be there. But if you're spending 10 minutes or five minutes with someone you love or doing something you're passionate about, then time flies by. Mm. So the idea is you want to be focusing on, and you talked about this, you want to focus on the things but you focus on expand. You want to focus on the things that give you energy. Because if you're getting energy from it, then you'll want to do more of it. And when you want to do more of it, then that's where, when you're saying yes to what you love to do, then you're effectively saying no to what you don't want to do, what's not going to, to um, help you live the, the full life that you're uh, created to live. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the really great things about having a podcast and I wanted to talk about your podcast. Tell the listeners and the, and the viewers what that's called for us. Well, so that's easy because it's a five minute success podcast. <laughs> so so I was a, a guest on a lot of podcasts and I had this uh, light bulb go off, this epiphany that a book sales were correlated to big guests on other people's podcasts. And I'm like, yeah. oh, well, I could have a podcast and I could have a, amazing conversations with um, other guests and the five minute success book, even if, as it is an everyday different type of uh, reader still has a core structure to it. Mm. And the first component of five minute success is commit to get leads. So that's business development, prospecting lead generation. And it's very much the process over outcome. It's like um, when I, coach people on lead generation. I'm always like, just do the, you know, do the reps. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly right. Right? Because the business will come if you do the reps. If you don't do the reps, it's not going to come. Yeah, no one can um, do it for you either. That's the problem. Yes, it's just like, what, it was it some, one of the, the, the greats in physical uh, fitness, uh, he said, you know, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't lift the weights for you. You've got to yeah. do yourself. And then the next component is consult a sell. So in the entrepreneurial world or in the selling space, well, really everybody does some sort of process, if you will, that leads to business because mm -hmm. you courses, I sell houses, the dentist cleans teeth. <laughs> everybody does something, right? So there's some kind of transactional and mm -hmm. that's what I call consult a sell. But what I found is if a business or entrepreneur or salesperson gets stuck on the hamster wheel of the transactional nature of business, getting a lead, getting it, you know, the deal done, then they'll burn out, right? Because yep. you're always as good as your next deal. I mean, as soon as that one finishes, you got to go find another one. And there are principles to connect, build, and grow, to create scale, leverage systems. And that's the next component. And then I found people that are high achievers they all have success principles in their life, mm -hmm. mindset and motivation principles, which I call success thinking because they, they think about how to do it. They have a vision for doing it. And then, but then they put in the action in place, right? Mm -hmm. They do the reps and then all that comes together, the sweet spot of success. So that's the format of the five minute success podcast. And it's really fascinating of over 300 guests they all, kind of like your seven pillars, they all fit, have a component. They have something that they do that fits in into those um, key aspects.
we're so lucky in this age to have uh, to be exposed to so many things like that. And I listened to a couple of your episodes as well. And, and I, I found myself just thinking, so lucky. And then I flicked over to my email as I was listening and there's something in my inbox from a really credible source saying, this is how this guy makes a thousand dollars a day online doing this. And I just thought we're exposed to so much information these days. How do you, how do you filter through all of that? Well, I think the answer to that question is you, you use your BS meter because everyone's got a really <laughs> tuned BS meter to know whether that thousand dollars a day is real or it's not, or what do you have to do to make that happen? It's not easy, of course, but it can be done. You know, this, this person's doing it over here and we have so much information that's available to us from a podcasting perspective, YouTube content. It's just everywhere like that. And one of the things that I've discovered podcasting as well, and I'm sure you have just by working in a particular industry. So I've been working in the IT space and the marketing space for a long time. You've been working in the real estate. As soon as you start podcasting, it opens up your aperture and when you open up the aperture and, and your view of the world like that, it's like, I never realized that my view of the world was the same as that guy over there, the same as that woman over there. And they've got really radical views over there as well. It's a really interesting dynamic of things that have happened. Is there a guest from your podcast that really stands out to you as makes you go, man, I just, that was just the best ever. Oh gosh, I've had so many amazing guests and I agree. I, I did feel in being in the real estate industry for decades that there was kind of an incestuous nature to it. <laughs> like yeah. we're all redoing the same thing, rehashing yeah. it. Um, and that is one of the beauties of podcasting and creative endeavors is because I am now in arenas that I didn't have exposure to before. And mm. that's where a lot of idea creation comes from, right? It's, it's, it really is, you know, you see it in a different space or a different um, genre or, or um, industry, and then you can see how that could come into yours. That's where really a lot of creativity comes from. Um, amazing guests. Well, Gretchen Rubin, who oh. was the author no of those books that were part of, oh yeah, wow. <laughs> she um, has been a guest on my podcast, which was really awesome. Well, there's um, a saying out there that says, never meet your heroes. Did it hold true? Oh, really? You know, I was, I, I did a little bit of stalking. <laughs> I went to hear her speak and I had an opportunity to meet her before the speech. And so uh, face to face, asked her, made the ask, mm. and then um, did a little bit of technology um, connecting and, and that's what made that happen. Um, and then that actually is kind of a similar story. What happened with Hal Elrod with the Miracle Morning Um if someone had said to me, you should meet Hal Elrod because he should endorse your book. And I was like, sounds awesome to me. How do I do that? Yeah. So I've, I've, between, you know, this six degrees of separation process, I finally met Hal and I was very fortunate that had him immediately say yes. And then I became a part of his mastermind. And I spoke at the mastermind, um, the, the big event in December uh, 2018. Um, and so I feel very honored because now those events aren't taking place anymore. So I was going to say, uh, remember those things called events and airplanes? Oh, wow. Yeah. It's uh, so I've, I've like really, you know, back to the five regrets, of the dying, it's become even more evident to me yeah. that when something comes to me, when the universe brings me something that I should act on it, I just do it. Mm. Uh, used to be, I would come up with all sorts of 
you know, reasons, justifications, excuses. And now I recognize that um, there is something to be said for first mover advantage. <laughs> just, just say yes instead of no. Uh, in those cases, when it comes that way, I'm just saying not everything, but when it comes that way, then those are signs um, that I feel like those are important. So meaning how was a really huge game changer. I had, um, I've had amazing guests from his um, recommendations like uh, Dr. Ben Hardy, who wrote Willpower Doesn't Exist and um, Personality Isn't Permanent. And so I've, that, that one relationship has led to some amazing contacts and guests. All because you had a podcast. All because I had a podcast and you know, I'll talk about limiting beliefs as a, as a child, I had a speech impediment and I had a lot of limiting beliefs about my ability to um, speak in public and speak on you know, this type of, of uh, platform. And yet here I am. And, 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 and I really think this is a situation for me um, that is has helped me learn and grow and become better than I ever could before because I'm recognizing that back to what I said at the very beginning, the only person that really was stopping me all along was me. Yeah, it's really interesting, interesting dynamic of things that happen. I've been fortunate enough in in my little journey in the last couple of years to um, meet and become friends with some those people that I really admire. And it's not that you put people up on a pedestal or anything like that, but um, you engage with them. Um, I, I wrote a list of 100 people that I wanted to interview uh, when I first started. And some of them were actual actual individuals that I wanted to speak to that had been an influence in my life and others were more around topics that I wanted to discuss. Um, so it wasn't so much about a person, but I want to talk about a topic and find more of those sorts of things. So um, it's been really, uh, some of the, so the influential things for me, you, you probably know Grant Cardone. Uh, yes. So, oh yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. Back in the, back in the day when I first, first kicked off my digital marketing business, um, you know, in, in 2008, he wrote Sell or Be Sold. And I remember reading that book, the hard copy of that book and around that time and that was all happening. Then he had a whole bunch of other books that came out and that was pretty influential. And, and he was somebody who really connected with me as like a really sort of masculine guy. And it's like, go get him, you know, come on, man. Like, and just removed all the excuses and you know, love him or hate him. And a lot of people don't like him because just the way that he is, it really connected with me. And I didn't care about what anyone said. It just, if you find motivation from some particular source, then grab it, hold on to it and, and use it as the fuel to fuel yourself and, and push forward. And, um, you know, I thought, I never, I never thought one day that I would meet Grant Cardone. I don't know why. I don't know why. And then randomly scrolling through my Facebook feed, the fellow from Success Resources who brings all celebs like that to Australia, Grant Cardone's coming to Australia. And I went, I wonder what would happen if I asked him if he wanted to have an interview with me. Sent one email and got one email back saying, yes, meet me at this location here. Um, and that, and I was like, really, that was it. <laughs> I, I don't know what I was expecting. I don't know what was expecting that was going to happen like that, but it's a really interesting thing because the, the fella without realizing had been part of my life for a long time, a little bit like Gretchen Rubin and Hal Elrod and those people that you're talking about there. And it was pretty surreal to kind of be sitting with him. And, uh, so when we arrived, he was in a like an Airbnb overlooking Sydney Harbour. this just incredible place. And his missus was there, his kids were there. And we're sort of sitting in another room um, waiting for the interview in front of us to go. And I'm kind of like listening, 
what are they what are they asking him is it the same boring grant cardone bs I'm like i'm not gonna ask any of that i'm not gonna talk about any of that and i went in there with a completely different approach and a different attitude and i hung out with him for about two and a half hours um and right towards the the end we finished the interview and we took a little bit of a break and we were, were finishing and he was getting his lunch and stuff and he said to me are you coming and i said coming where and he goes well on monday this was friday on monday we've got this event coming up we're raising some capital we're doing this the who's who of sydney are going to be there we've got this real estate thing he's going a thousand miles an hour and i thought to myself that is so funny i got grant cardone in front of me trying to sell me something <laughs> and, and i was you, like and you went no, no way. Come oh, on. Okay. <laughs> You're going to have to work harder than that. <laughs> you know, the thing is, is though, it's, it's interesting because I, I did go to Hal's and I did kind of feel like I was being sold, but I was like, you know what? You said yes to me. So I'm going to say yes to you. And yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it is, I, I, I think that it reminds me of this quote. I think it was Wayne Gretzky that said, you, you know, you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I have become more bold in asking because so what do they do? Say no five times. I mean, my so what? Know, the st- yeah. statistics and sales, which I've done thousands of houses is, you know, 80% of the sales are made after the fifth call. So yeah. like my husband always reminds me, well, if you haven't made fifth call, you haven't even gotten 80% yet. So, um, and, and so I like, but when they do say yes, then that is a really big win. And I, I really celebrate that mm. and I, I celebrate you because I think that that's, um, what takes, you know, this, or at least my life to the next level because yep. I'm leveling up. Yeah, I definitely. I, I had another really fun experience with uh, a fellow named Oren Claff. Um, and Oren Claff, he wrote a book called Pitch Anything. You might've heard of that. And he wrote another book recently that came out last year called Flip the Script. And so everyone asked him after he wrote Pitch Anything, when's the next one? When's it coming? He was like, that's it. That's all I got, you know? And um, when he wrote Flip the Script, I thought this is my opportunity to get him on there. So he was like number two on my list um, because I kind of, I think maybe I grew out of Grant Cardone after a couple of years and the hustle and the grinding and the rah, all the rah-rah, that sort of thing. And I, I really connected with the Oren Claff methodology of pitch anything and how he worked and whatnot. And um, I would listen, I would go to a sales appointment and I would listen to pitch anything as the book. And I just randomly pull a slider along and listen to it in the car on the way there. I'd go and win the deal, come back with a fist pump in the air and put it back in my ears. And I would do that consistently throughout the week, you know, and pumping in good revenue into the business, doing really well from a sales perspective and really enjoying what I was doing and using Oren Claff's content and his, uh, his fun stories and his comedic style uh, as fuel for motivation for myself. And when he wrote his new book straight away, I got his book. Of course, I, I read his book. I got the audio book. I listened to that. And I thought, I wonder if you come on my podcast. One email, one yes. I was like, look at that. It's anything. <laughs> well, maybe it was your pitch. You know, they, they do say that it, it matters, you know, what the pitch is too. Uh, because they get the canned ones, you probably personalized it. You made it. Of course. So yeah. you recognize that you saw him as, um, as someone that could add value to, to your podcast. So. And it's completely self-indulgent. It's only because I want to speak to him. It's not nothing to do with my audience. <laughs> but you know, I feel like as a podcaster is our opportunity and responsibility to curate the guests that are going to add value 
And I, for me, I'm looking for, you know, unique um, messages because back to, you know, if, if everybody just keeps saying the same thing over and over again um, and expecting different results, right? Yeah. That's the definition of insanity or stupidity or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I want to help people change the way they look at things. And that means bringing on guests that have a different, um, they, they, they're, the fundamentals are the same, but they have unique stories or unique, unique uh, industries or yeah, absolutely. Their messages slightly messages, Yeah. Well, well, I want to move off the, the podcast. And if you're listening to this, by the way, you can just take a little peek at your phone and the links to Karen's podcast are going to be right there in the show notes. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll down and all of the links to her socials, her podcast and her website are right there as well. So you're not going to have to go poking around in Google for that. I wanted to ask you a little bit more as we uh, come right towards the end of the podcast here, a little bit more about your books. You've got one about flipping time. And you've got another one for savvy women. And I wanted to give you an opportunity to tell the audience a little bit more about those because they're both really, really important topics. And it looks like you've taken the time to put something down on paper there and get it out of your head and share it with the world. So tell us a little bit more. Well, as I mentioned, the first book was Real Estate Success in Five Minutes a Day, Secrets of a Top Agent Revealed. Uh, the fascinating thing about that is I found many of those principles for real estate apply to sales and entrepreneurship. That led to the second book, which is Commit to Get Lead 66 Day Challenge. What I found is many people, uh, they, they wanted to focus on lead generation, business development prospecting, they wanted to jumpstart that. The 66 Day Challenge is a, a great tool for doing that. Then the third book, Flip Time, Love Life, as I mentioned, came out of my success, recognizing that I still had more to contribute and creativity, the hero's journey or the heroine's journey. It's told as a tale. And so uh, in a, that, that genre, that format, rather than telling my story, I wanted to tell the story of someone who was going on this journey, the things that um, happened along the way. Some of them were you know, mentors and friends, and some of them were, you know, if you think of the Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz as being the classic heroine's journey, you know, she meets with Glinda the Good Witch, but she also faces up against, you know, the Wicked Witch of the West and the Winged Monkeys. And um, so there's, she's on this, but the, the journey is, is where a lot of the lessons and comes from. So The Savvy Woman's Success was written by Maura Lethbridge, which is, she's actually my, my coach, my um, executive coach, and she wrote in The Five Minute Success, uh, The Savvy Woman's Success in Five Minutes a Day, Making Time for a Life That Matters. So it's the same type of daily reader with stories and takeaways every day. So she followed that formatting. So she's part of the Five Minute Success uh, concept books. Mm -hmm. Tell me, have you got another book in you? Ah, actually, there's several more in me. I think that um, <laughs> this is this is what happens with authors once they open up the the genie bottle. Uh, yeah. So the the really incredible thing about writing one big book is it actually has four books in it. Yeah. And so what I realized is back to what happened with Commit to Get Lead sixty six day challenge. Sometimes people just want to focus, right? They want to focus on the consulting part, this focus on the connect to build and grow part. So anyhow, each one of those. So the next one coming out will be Consult to Sell 66 Day Challenge, which will be out probably fourth quarter 2020. And the other really creative, exciting creative endeavor for 2020 
is I am in collaboration of a song uh, with the um, motivational hip hop singer, <laughs> Brother James. Right. Uh, he, he wrote the Miracle Morning song uh, with Hal Elrod, and I uh, had an opportunity to collaborate with him. So the song will be called Flip Time, and it's going to be, it's about time, about, um, but told in kind of a more of a rap uh, song. That will be coming out in probably third quarter of 2020, so stay tuned on your Spotify channel for that. Wow. That's that is cool. That's that's a first for me. I've never met anyone really? collaborated with an artist song? like that. Yes, it's really very creative. Yeah, uh, because we gave a lot of ideas on on the the lyrics, the words, and then you know he had you know different types of uh, song type of um, beats and tempos and and it's really very unique because being created in the time of COVID, it's all been done digitally online, whereas used to be he would have gone into a studio. So as you've seen that happen, it's, it's really exciting. Um, Some of the creativity, creative endeavors that are coming out of uh, people are very resourceful. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And I'll make sure all of the links to your Amazon uh, pages are there as well in the show notes and uh, make sure you check out those books and, and head over and grab yourself a copy of those ones. Cause I know that there's some great content in there and I'll be, I'm going to get that real estate one. I think I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a crack at that. Cause you said that that's the first one that came out and be interesting. Now I know you a little bit, it'd be interesting to see where it all started and came from there as well. So looking forward to that one, Karen, it's been an absolute pleasure hosting you here on the Goalie podcast for an hour or so. I can't let you leave the show without putting you in the podcasters hot seat, a little bit of fun before we close it out. Uh, with this lockdown and this craziness, I can't go anywhere. I feel like I've been stuck in this shoebox of an apartment that I live in, although I'm only a hundred meters from the beach. I shouldn't complain too much, uh, but I've been stuck here because we can't travel anywhere. And one of the favorite things I like to ask my guests, particularly from other parts of the world, not Australia, is do you have a favorite holiday destination? Something I can put on my bucket list. Maybe I've never heard of before. Well, I have been to Australia. I've been to Manly beach, which is a beautiful place. Used to live there. Yeah, Sydney. Well, what's not to like about that? Mm. Um, so I enjoy active travel mm. where you, um, instead of seeing the countryside or the uh, by bus or whatever train, um, I like to see it by biking and hiking and other active endeavors like kayaking and that type of thing. So many amazing places to see. As you said, we uh, are doing our that kind of travel in domestically this year um so but i'll just highlight last year uh, with my daughter was in switzerland and i um one of the things we did that was amazing in the swiss alps was we did uh, paragliding which was just phenomenal Um, my husband and i did crete and santorini uh earlier and then uh the whole family plus my son's now fiance uh, went to Patagonia and Argentina and Chile and he in, uh, proposed on the top of a mountain in Argentina so that was a mountaintop experience <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah so all of those were very memorable and people it was interesting people said to me well Karen you're going all these places all over the world <laughs> you know why don't you just stay close at home and I said you know I think there's going to be a day I thought it was going to be my husband's health or my children having children or something that was going to keep me home personally. Mm. Had no idea that this was coming down the bike. 
Turns out it's a pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad I went away and saw what I saw. And now I I still want to see more, but I do feel like I um, have had an opportunity to see a lot of the world. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Sounds really good. I've been on a few active holidays myself, actually. When I was in the army, I went on a few active holidays Yeah, yeah, to places that you would otherwise not pay money to go and see. Right. <laughs> now this is different kind of active holiday. It's really I like high. active holidays. Don't get me yeah. wrong. That's, that's cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that. I'm going to use that. It's cool. All right. Tell me what's a, uh, what's a skill that you're working on now that you haven't quite mastered? Well, you have mastered it, but I'm still on the um, the learning trajectory, and that is, you know, the online courses and the YouTubes. Uh, so we've been during the time of COVID to get the messaging out. We really have upped our game nice. on doing the uh, the videos, but it's it's something that I I feel like has plenty of uh, learning curve to it because the um, the technology piece of it, and yet the the engaging piece of it with audience. You would when you're have, you know, someone on the other side of the mic, Yeah, you can have this interaction when you're presenting and you don't have an audience on the other side that interacts with you. It's a different kind of, of, um, it is indeed. It is indeed. Uh, one of the things, one of the little hacks maybe I'll share with you that yes. me a little bit recently was, um, I, I eliminated all backgrounds by using a green screen and, uh, that that made all the heartache of uh, positioning yourself go away. Um, and another another hack was because I also run a photography business was getting rid of all the high end expensive SLR cameras. You know, cameras worth four thousand dollars and the lenses worth two thousand dollars. And I replaced it with my well, <laughs> yeah. fancy Samsung S twenty Ultra phone, which has a better camera and better lens than those SLR cameras. And you, you point and shoot what you see is what you get. Um, and it just makes life so much easier to be able to put your phone on a tripod, press the button, the green screens in the background, hand it off to the editor and everything's like, Oh my God, that was like so simple. And maybe it's cause I got getting a little bit more experience at things like that. But yeah, if you're having a hard time with positioning and studio green screen can make a lot of that go away and, uh, just do it with your phone. Don't bother with any fancy equipment or fancy sound gear. Just do it with your phone. That does the trick. Well, appreciate those hacks. Nice one, nice one. Last one for the little hot seat. What's the what's the best piece of business advice that you've ever received, Karen? Well, this is what I share with people. I have actually two I want to share. One is uh, don't confuse brains with a bull market. Because <laughs> 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 uh, I see what happens a lot of times when things are going really well, uh, people think that they've done something. Um, it can apply to raising children too, because I mean, if you have a really easy kid, maybe it wasn't you at all. Maybe it's just had an easy kid, or maybe it was an easy deal. It really wasn't you. It was just an easy deal. So skills really are developed, right? Um, in uh, if you think about it, you very rarely develop skills in rising markets, bull markets, right? Yep. Because it's it's pretty easy. So don't confuse brains with a bull market. But the other one is the proverb of when was the best time to plant a tree twenty years ago. Next best time is now, uh, mm. because I think many people um, think live life for regret. Well, I didn't do it then, so you know it's too late now, and it's not too late. I mean, <laughs> if there's just start today. Yeah, beautifully said. Well said, Karen. If people want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? So the everything five minute success and number five that makes it very easy. I'm also very Googleable, and if you're looking for the real estate side of the world under Karen Briscoe. Um, so the podcast, Five Minute Success on all of the, the sites, as well as the website, 
all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, that type of thing. And then, as you mentioned, Amazon is the best place in Audible because you, you like uh, audio. I do too. Uh, is, has all the books on Audible and, and Amazon. Excellent. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this as a podcast, just take a little peek at your phone and all of the links will be right there in the show notes for you. So you don't have to go poking around in Google uh, for them. If you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll on down and the links are right there. Karen, it's been an absolute pleasure to host you here on the Golden Podcast for an hour or so. Thank you so much for coming on. I wanted to give you the opportunity for the parting comment, the parting wisdom from Karen Briscoe. What have you got for us today? Parting wisdom. If I could do it, you can too. All right. I love it. Beautifully, beautifully said. Thanks again for coming on the show. We look forward to speaking with you soon. It's bye for now. Well, there you have it, folks. If you want to connect with Karen, just take a little peek at your phone and all of the links to her website and socials are right there. And you're not going to have to go poking around in Google looking for them. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll on down and all of the details are right there in the show notes for you as well. Make sure if you haven't checked out the Golin Masterclass already, you head over to golin.com.au forward slash masterclass. I'm inspired by all the messages that I'm receiving from the new students that have joined that masterclass. So keep those messages coming. And I'd love to hear how the Golin Masterclass is helping you out as well. So again, if you want to find out some more about the masterclass, just hop over to golin.com.au forward slash masterclass. Now, if you've got a message or some feedback for the show, you can reach out via the Goalin socials or you can send me an email at any time. Just visit goalin.com.au to find out more. Well, that wraps it up for the show today. So whatever it is that you're working on, whatever you're doing, get busy, get to it and go all in. I'll see you next time. Swag and play the fool, babe Just play the game and hold on, maybe But I'm done with the waiting Done with the waiting I'm done with playing nice Now look me in the eyes Tell me, tell me, tell me what you see inside Not gonna ask you twice Not looking for your lies Tell me, tell me, do you wanna go? Cause I'm done